Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. Today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, the Conservation Foundation, Napa Voice, and Little Friends. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from the Conservation Foundation are Abby Beck and Cheryl Fasoni. Nice to have you with us. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start with you, Abby, because I think you have an invitation for us, right? We do. We're here to invite you and everyone else in the community to come visit our headquarters, our McDonald Farm. We're on the south end of Naperville, and we are told all the time that we are this best-kept secret, and we don't want to be. We want to fix that. <laughs> um, we want everyone to come experience this little emerald gem that we have in the heart of the suburbs. It's core to our mission to connect people to nature nearby and we're always encouraging people to get to their parks and preserves and now we want to invite them to uh, experience nature on our farm. Okay so give us a little kind of preview of what can we expect when we come to the farm. Sure. So you can expect to encounter our entire mission when you come visit McDonald Farm. So at the Conservation Foundation, our focus is on preserving land, cleaning our rivers and streams, and doing environmental education. So when you come to McDonald Farm, you see a prairie restoration. and We have woodlands and wetlands and native garden demonstration sites and uh, examples of green infrastructure like green roofs and uh, rain barrels installed throughout the property and permeable pavement. And it's our hope that everyone sees these demonstrations and gets inspiration and tries something new at their own home and business. Okay, so it isn't just, you know, visiting and enjoying your It's really learning. It sounds like a learning opportunity, it's right? It's absolutely a learning opportunity and to get up close and personal with nature there. Really, the star of the farm, though, is our farm operation, our organic farm, our green earth harvest. Okay, and I think, Cheryl, you're going to tell us a little bit about that, yeah, right? I would love to. Thank you. So green earth harvest has been sustainably and organic organically growing vegetables for our community for the last 21 years. Wow. Yeah, we grow on 60 acres of preserved land surrounded by these uh, neighborhoods in Naperville on the southeast side. Um, we have eight crew members, four greenhouses, and two tractors, and we grow for about 650 families okay. um, throughout the Naperville and the surrounding areas. Okay, so now, all right, 650 families, are you... Uh, Tell us something about those families. So how do you become a family? Is that for families who are in need? Is that for just anybody in general? Right, so we distribute our vegetables through three different mechanisms. You'll find us at our farm stand over the summer on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And then we do uh, produce food for loaves and fishes okay. on a weekly basis. They receive about five to 6,000 pounds of fresh produce from us every season. But the main way that we distribute our vegetables is through our farm share or CSA program, which is where the 650 families come in. Okay, so say more about the CSA program. Yeah, so CSA, it's one of those terms. It uh, stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and it really is just that. So ultimately, um, an individual purchase a share or subscription to our harvest season in advance of the season, which provides us with the funds we need to um, purchase and invest in all of the things it takes to grow those vegetables. Okay, so I just want to make sure I've got this quite clear. So I buy in, I get a share, 
your crews take care of like getting the produce, growing the produce, and then I just get to come back and enjoy it. Is that how that works? Pretty much, right. That's a great <laughs> system. I love that. So say a little bit more about you know what you grow and how that yeah, works. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, there are different options, you know, so it can fit your family's needs the best. So you can come weekly or bi-weekly. Have we have two different share sizes, and then you select exactly which veggies you want from the harvest each week you come. Okay. Yeah. So um, early in the seasons, it's a lot of greens, and then we move into you know some root vegetables. Carrots are like the fan favorites, really. They're just incredibly delicious. Plenty of onions and potatoes, and as you move throughout the season, you're really eating seasonally from the farm where you're picking up your vegetables. Which is so lovely, right? Because, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when you did have to eat seasonally, as opposed to you could just, you know, have a tomato anytime you wanted. I mean, that's exactly. got to be some education in there too, right? It, it really is. You know, that's actually part of what I do on a weekly basis. Um, our shareholders receive newsletters, and so every week we have a veggie of the week. Um, we educate them on how to use them, how to store the vegetables, and and really, you know, short-term storage and also long-term canning and those kind of things really come into play so you can eat seasonally year-round. That's that's wonderful. What do you think people like the most? What do they mm. tell you they like the most, Cheryl? I'll tell you. Yeah, there's quite a lot to like on the farm. But, you know, coming to the farm, it's really a peaceful and serene and beautiful, you know, piece of property we have there. Um, they really do enjoy seeing where the vegetables are grown and talking with the farmers that grow the vegetables, really connecting with the farmers and the land. Um, and then it's the community too. So in the barn, that's where we have all the pickups. People, you hear people chatting about like what new recipe they tried that week. And some people, you know, have never tried a turnip before. So they chat about how to use that. Um, but I'd say really getting out into the fields themselves, into um, our U-Pick fields, is the highlight of the summer. They'll take a bag and go out into the fields out back and fill it with sun, you know, warm cherry tomatoes of all different colors and varieties, and then fresh green beans and ground cherries, which are a sweet little delicacy. Oh. So, yeah, they really enjoy those things. Yeah, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Oh, you'll have to come and try. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and I think that's true, right? We, you know, we sort of go through the grocery store and we see them and they're all prepackaged for us, and then yes. half the time you don't even realize how are they grown? Like, are they on the ground? Are they on a tree? Yes. Are they on a vine? You know? Yes. So I would imagine that's very interesting. It is. It really is. Yeah, I think you learn a lot. It's I called it a veggie exploration when I first started <laughs> three years ago because it is all those things that I just really didn't know how it all worked. Okay, that's wonderful. Now, Abby, what have you got coming up? Because I think you've got quite a few programs. Obviously, you've got lots of things that you do kind of year-round, but what have you got coming up? So this summer, we have a series of uh, Music on the Farm events that will be open to the public, so it won't just be shareholders or members of TCF, uh, open to anyone in the community that just wants to enjoy a nice night out on the farm. Nice. We have summer camps that run all summer to instill a love of nature into our kiddos, our next generation of, of earth stewards. There's a number of farm events and plant sales. And right. Go ahead. Right, yeah. <laughs> we actually grow herb and um, vegetable organic seedlings on our farm for sale there, along with a bunch of native plants and 
all of the experts, you know, to ask the questions to will be around as well at that sale. Okay, that's yeah. wonderful because I know I've, I've chatted with a couple of your folks before and, you know, things that we sort of think in our mind are native and then you discover, oh no, none of, the, <laughs> none of those are native. I like them in my garden, but they're not really native to Illinois and they're not necessarily mm -hmm. going to be sustainable, right? So, right. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really and, and for the camps for the kiddos, how, you know, give us an idea of kind of the age ranges that people could be, you know, if they're listening and watching, they could be thinking, oh, my kid, my kids fit in that range. Sure. We've got both early child, uh, early elementary camps and late elementary camps, um, and they run throughout the summer, uh, and spots are still available if people want to register on our website. Okay. Wonderful. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by. It sounds like so much to go see at the McDonald Farm, and I love it. Thank you for inviting us, <laughs> and thank Please. you for sharing more information about it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And if you're interested in learning more about the Conservation Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Busey Bank is proud to partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. The Naperville Police Department needs your help to solve crime and bring offenders to justice. When you submit tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers, you help keep our city one of the safest in the nation. Tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers have helped solve hundreds of crimes and recover over $7 million in drugs, property, and cash. Remember, tipsters remain anonymous and receive cash rewards up to $1,000 if their tips lead to an arrest. Call the tip line at 630-420-6006. You may have that one piece of information that solves the crime. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jay Monette. And joining me now from Naper Voice is Philip Spencer, or Phil for short, right? Phil is great. <laughs> Good to have you with us. It's nice to be back, Jane. Yeah, so you are back because when we chatted last time, you were just starting out and just founding Absolutely. Naper Voice. So let's talk a little bit about how it's been going in the, uh, in the interim. I am having a blast. It's been so wonderful. It's been a year now since we last talked. At that time, it was just an idea. Uh, I wanted to give back to the community. I wanted to provide some opportunities for singers to have some additional employment, and we wanted to do some good for some other nonprofits in the community. See, all of that has happened uh, through our first concert already, but it's just been an exciting time. I spent the summer uh, after I spoke with you auditioning some fine, fine people. I met some wonderful individuals and some great singers of all ages. And uh, we started our rehearsals in September with our first concert in November. Okay. Now, give us just a, a remind us, because you have a great theme tag, as I recall, yes. right? Yes. Tell me. It's sing well, do good. I love that. Sing well, do good. Um, and, and you talk a little bit about your singers, because you've got a whole age range. So give us a little idea of what the choir looks like. Yeah, you know, at, at, again, a year ago, I had no idea who would respond <laughs> to this invitation. But I found that uh, after the pandemic time, uh, or at least the, the main part of that, that there were a lot of people that were ready to sing in ensembles again that had missed that for a couple of years. So I now have, uh, we had 35 singers in the fall from age 20 to age 75. Lovely. And all ages in between. Uh, a lot of uh, young music teachers in their 20s and 30s 
who, when I asked why did you respond to this invitation, they said, you know, I've been depleted these past couple of years teaching online and all of those kind of things they had to go through. And so they wanted to do something, recharge their own batteries and recharge their souls. Uh, right. So we, have, we now have singers from 20 different communities in addition to Naperville, which was very uh, reassuring and very encouraging that they would come some distance. Uh, some come from as far away as Morris, Tinley Park, all those areas uh, to participate in this unique group. Half the group are paid professionals uh, with a grant that we have to pay singers for their rehearsals and performances. The other half are auditioned volunteers. So, Phil, that's great. So talk a little bit about what the choir members enjoy most about singing with Napa Voice. Sure. Well, for, for starters, they enjoy just the opportunity to come back together again. Uh, again, after the pandemic time when so many choirs were virtual or disbanded for a period of time. Uh, they enjoyed the challenge of a brand new ensemble, uh, unique to Naperville at this point, although Naperville has many fine choirs, school choirs, community choirs. There was nothing of a, a philanthropic nature uh, at this point, so they liked that mission, mm -hmm. sing well, do good. They liked the challenging music I provided at a high level of music making. Uh, they liked singing with other experienced audition singers. And I think they liked the diversity of the music as well, that we performed everything from classical music of four centuries to uh, vocal jazz, Broadway, a little bit of pop, so all around the theme of the concert. So, okay. Yeah. Well, give us a, you know, take us back a little bit to that first concert, because you must have been so excited. Yeah. Uh, and, and give us a little sense of that and what you think your audience liked the most. Well, that concert exceeded my expectations in every way, I think. We had standing room only audience. Uh, we, the, the singers were really some of the best singers I've ever worked with in my life. Uh, came together very, very well. The audience members told me that they liked the diversity of the programming. Um, it was entertaining, educational, uplifting all at the same time. Uh, it involved some audience participation as well. They were, had a chance to sing. We involved young children playing percussion instruments at one point. I had a talented, talented high school violinist uh, who performed a solo and, par and participated on one of the pieces, and a college uh, student conducting intern too. So tried to represent all the variety of ages and all the musical backgrounds in that concert. So the audience was terribly excited afterward, especially at the fact that it was inaugurating something brand new for the community. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's kind of, it's a little bit like having a smorgasbord, right? It's like if, you know, if I maybe I'm not into classical, I've got some jazz, I've got some pop, I've exactly. got, you know, so it gives us a real opportunity to try a lot of things. That was right? my intention. Okay. All, all kinds of vocal, to represent the breadth of vocal music over the ages. I love that. So now you've got your next concert coming up. So tell us, give us a little preview. All right. That's called uh, Singing Our superpowers. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, my idea, I've always believed that music has the power to do more than entertain. It can actually heal, it can inspire, it can instruct, it can relax someone, it can engage someone or energize someone. It's got all these powers. But I think that vocal music, because it has, it's connected to poetry, it has words that we sing, has superpowers, really, because uh, it can, vocal music through the words uh, also uh, attaches to our emotions and attaches to our memories. Mm. And so it's even more powerful. So this concert, uh, the pieces are going to be categorized around the power of love, the power of hope, 
the power of inspiration, the power of uh, wisdom, various categories, all the different superpowers that I think vocal music has. But once again, it'll represent four or five centuries of music from John Dowland to Dolly Parton and lots of things in between and lots of different styles. And once again, we'll have audience participation offered because I'd love to get everybody singing if we have hundreds <laughs> of people there. And also some children uh, participating in a, in a hands-on way again. We have our excellent collaborative percussionist who's a part of this entire endeavor, Shelley Mae Hutchison, who is a uh, music teacher in District 204. And she's playing, she will play once again some percussion instruments on about 50% of the pieces. We have a brand new accompanist uh, in the area, Naperville resident Valerie Lorimer is her name. She's played with the Chicago Symphony Chorus and Northwestern faculty, just very accomplished. And then we'll also have, we have a new uh, college uh, conducting intern too from Illinois State University who will be conducting one of the pieces on the concert. So I'm terribly excited about it. No, I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Now that's April 23rd. Where Where is it taking Once place? Once again, it's going to be at the very generous uh, for us, Grace United Methodist Church, 300 East Gartner Road. Okay. They provided us with a beautiful rehearsal space each Monday evening as well as this concert space the second time. We couldn't be happier to be there. That's awesome. Now, Obviously, you went through a lot to do all your auditions before. Are there still openings for people to join? Tell us a little bit about that. Though. Yes, there were auditions again in January. Okay. Uh, we brought in nine new people uh, into the group. There will be auditions at the summertime, too. People can find out about those auditions uh, by going to the website, our website. Uh, there'll be information on there. But yeah, we'll have, we always have, auditions are always open in between our concerts. Uh, one concert session runs from February through April. The other concert session runs from September through November. Eight, eight weeks at a time. Okay. Uh, four rehearsals, five rehearsals for the professional singers, eight for the volunteer singers. So we're open to both professionals. Someone can audition for a professional spot and they can also audition uh, with, some ex with some choral experience in their background for one of our volunteer spots. Okay. And again, it's that beautiful hybrid of both of those populations that makes this choir so unique and special to me. Yeah, that's a very different model, right? It is. Yes. It is. Now, as we wrap up, you sing well, do good. So talk a little bit just about the do good part. Yes, for the fall concert, we raised over $1,000 for Feed My Starving Children. Well done. Uh, that was our designated charity. This time, the designated charity, charitable organization is Kids Above All, which is a Chicago-based uh, organization that serves uh, kids and youth in need and in need of home homes. Uh, they are also in DuPage County and the Collar Counties as well, so uh, we're looking forward to, to helping them out. And we're going to provide uh, substantial funds for some recreational opportunities for those kids. That's great. That's wonderful. Phil, it was so nice to have you come back, and, and congratulations on the success of launching it. I can see the pleasure and, and just the enthusiasm for what you're doing. Thank you so much, Gene. It's nice to be back again. Absolutely. And to find out more about Napa Voice, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back. Growing your family opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. 
proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Little Friends is Mike Briggs. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, thanks, Jane. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. So you got a lot of new things happening over at Little Friends, but I'd like us to start with you've got something going on in your school area that's around a new pilot program. So uh, actually, say more. Okay, I will. Um, it's really cool. Um, I ran into a young lady at a conference um, down in New Orleans who was talking about new technology that you could wear on a wristband that would send signals to a phone that would let the caregiver know that an adult was about to become dysregulated and have some problems. It dealt with adults that were on the autism spectrum. I happened to sit next to her after that presentation and I said, have you ever tried this with children? She said, no, what do you have in mind? And I said, we have access to a school we have that same situation, I think it'd be, it could be an incredible tool for caregivers and parents if we were able to take that technology and apply it to children and to see if we could send signals to the caregivers that would enable us to know when a child was going to become dysregulated based upon biomarker signals sent to an app and to let that person know ahead of time before an actual incident were occur. Now, this isn't being done anywhere else, and, and we said, hey, let's give this a try. So we're trying the technology, and so far, so good. We're, we're seeing some nice things, and we'll be doing it the entire year because we want to get a whole baseline of information to be able to, to understand how this could be applicable. If it will work, it could be life-changing in terms of what goes on in the autism community. That's incredible. Well, I, you know, and these things happen. Serendipity, right, that you happen to be sitting next to this was, person. Yeah, how lucky. Yeah. It really just was how it went down. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we can't wait to hear more on that. Um, let's talk a little bit, though, also, because you do have new land that you've, you're building. Yeah, so say more on that. Well, it's, it's a little bit more than a little. Um, <laughs> it's when, kind of a big land grab. <laughs> it's a big thing. Um, the property that was next door to us, um, literally right next door to us, um, we went ahead and decided that um, we felt as though that it could become the home for our adult programming. And so in late December, we went ahead and acquired the property. And so now we have 62,000 square feet uh, next door to the 74,000 square feet that we have. In total, we've created a 14-acre campus for the people that we serve, children and adults, which is pretty exciting. That is exciting. And I would imagine, Mike, that... Um, being able to have all your staff and your resources in one location has got to be helpful because even though you're serving different needs necessarily or different populations, you're still pulling from the resources of your staff. That's uh, absolutely would be the case. Well, and, and the ability to share um, things between the facilities is going to be very important as well. Um, but it also gives us um, new updated facilities which enable us to begin with some new programming for things that we've thought about but have never been able to do. Okay, you want to give us a little, uh, give us a little so, idea so on the, some of those. So the teaser and the thing that, that we know that there's a need for is um, we know from talking with families that while there are training programs that are out there, particularly for young adults who might have um, ch individual challenges, 
there are training programs that are out there, but um, they could be more robust because sometimes the jobs that they're able to secure tend to be um, less in terms of time, and, and so they're just really small and part-time. What, what we envision and what we're going to try to do is to pull from some of the best training that we know that is available across from the United States, bring it all into one facility, um, include things like virtual reality, include um, specific classes that have been designed for the neurodiverse. A couple things include CNC programming. They include drone piloting. Um, looking at some of these tools, bringing them all together, providing also additional personal skill development and improvement, and giving an individual a chance to have self-confidence to be able to go out and secure that job in the community. And so what we'd really like to do is build something a little bit more robust and uh, hopefully support young adults between the ages of 18 and 35. Yeah, because that's a big... Uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, of the support is, is often so incredibly wonderful through to age 18, right? And, and, then, and then, you know, the puppy's grown up and, and we stop thinking uh, about what's needed after that, it, right? It's a, that's exactly right. And, and it, it can go, depending upon how long the individual stays, it can go up to age, through age 22 and the, the finish of that uh, that that year in school, but then at that point, then it ends. Yeah. And so, how can we provide additional support and resources to help those individuals um, gain the self confidence to be able to be independent? And so, we're going to try to work on that, and that's our that's our goal. Um, that's that's what we're going to try to do. Okay, that's exciting because I mean, you've always been doing a lot in that space as far as trying to make sure that you provide those vocational skills and opportunities for work. So this is taking that one step further, we're, yes? we're taking it to a different level, to a different target than the individuals that we currently serve today. Okay, that's exciting. Now, you know, very recently you had your gala. We did. Uh, it looked like it was tremendously successful and so nice to see everybody back in person. Um, but you also had some interesting things that kind of went through that gala. So, so with, the, with the announcement of the new facility, um, we lost a, a, someone very close to the organization and close to the community and Dan Casey. Yeah. And um, Dan was on our board and we made, the, we made the decision as a board that we wanted to remember and recognize Dan's legacy to the organization. So we named the activity center and the new facility after Dan. Mm. But in doing that, we also announced that we had a paddle raise in the auction and the paddle raise would be solely for the renovation and technology costs to support the new activity center. We had and started with a $150,000 match and that evening in the paddle raise, we generated over $448,000 just in the paddle raise uh, in honor of Dan for the renovation of the activity center. You must have been blown away. Uh, completely. Yeah, but you know what? Not surprising. The man was just uh, an incredible, incredible community contributor and such a longtime uh, friend to little friends. And just so that's that's amazing. What a wonderful gift. It was um, it was something that we were we were happy that we were able to do, but um, it gave us um, an opportunity to truly um, 
remember and recognize his contributions to our organization and to the community as well. Yeah, well, his legacy will live on there, it right? Will. I mean, and that's the exciting thing. It will give plenty of other people the opportunity to be those community contributors, right? That's the idea. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, listen, Mike, it's always, it's so great when you step by. We love hearing about what's happening at Little Friends. Is there any last thought that you'd like to impart to us before you go? Because I know you always have a little gem. You know, it's... Um, People continue to support organizations like us, and, and one of the things that um, I, I've learned and truly appreciate is um, organizations like us and others, we don't survive without the support of the community. And while, while I can sit here and tell you about Little Friends, the fact that people get inspired about other people's work I think is so important and so needed and so appreciated. And so I can speak on behalf of all the nonprofits in town just to say thank you that we really do appreciate your help and, and kindness to ensure that we're able to do the things that we do. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for the time. Absolutely. And if you would like more information about Little Friends, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at UC Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.org. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.